News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. Happy Sunday, everybody. I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyvendyke. If you've got a question or you can feel free to give us a call or send us a text as well. The number is one 332 8255 We have Tom on the line in Choiceland. Hi, Tom. Hi there. What's your question? I was wondering, okay, since it's been so hot and dry and you water your garden every day, it's like hard as a rock, like... Uh, I'm wondering how do we fix that? I know you can't do it right now. You have to wait till the fall or spring probably, right? No, you can actually just carefully mix in some gypsum if you want into the surface of the soil. and Or otherwise you can actually, in the rollways, you can actually mix in some, what I put in the cedar mulch. And I just work it in slowly. But the best way to do it is in the fall or the spring when you can actually incorporate it deep into, deeper into the soil. But you can put some, mix some gypsum into the surface of the soil right now, and that'll help so that it doesn't doesn't go so hard on you. But uh, but yeah, you will do more like like I said, if it's really hard, do the cedar mulch, work it in with your rotor tiller, and then you won't have any problems next year. Okay, so um, you can put gypsum in right now, and then. Yeah. Um... And then do the chip thing in the fall or spring. In the, in the fall or spring. Perfect. Okay. Thank you very much. Perfect. Thanks yeah. so much, Tom. All right. Now we have another Tom on the line in Humboldt. Hi, Tom. Oh, can you turn off your radio? Oh, he hung up on us. Okay. That's fine. All right. Let's head to the text line quickly. Uh, Oh, here's an interesting thought. We were talking about brown spots on the lawn earlier, Rick. My husband and I are struggling with this right now. Someone texted texted in, regarding the dead-looking lawns, are people sure it's too dry or do they have cinch bugs? The only thing that I've noticed with cinch bugs, which I had in my front lawn, is they moved from lawn to lawn down the block. The only thing that really stops them going to the neighbor's lawn is if you have a driveway between yeah, no, and they and they can even fly, so they're going to move beyond that. So, uh, so uh, if you have cinch bugs, yeah, if you have those, then you can spray them. Um, and the best way is just soap and water is works good, or you can use ambush, that works good as well. And um, uh, it could be cinch bugs, it could be cutworms, it could be sod web worms that does the same thing, same look to it. Uh, so cutworms, sod webworms, cinch bugs, those are the, those are the ones that are, uh, and also there is a, a new one that showed up this year and that's a sod lice. And it's a little, a little stripey little bug too that showed up in some lawns this year. So, um, but uh, like I said, just using, uh, a canola, uh, endol, which is canola oil, insecticidal soap, pyrethrin, that works good, or ambush, or just soap and water. You can do all those kinds with cutworms. The, the cutworms are a little t- tougher, and the sod webworms, I use the called grub-out nematodes uh, because little insects that go and attack those ones, that works the best for those. Definitely. And yeah, I think, I know for me at least, every time I see something starting to turn brown or wilt, my automatic thought is that I just need to water more and more and more. And that's one thing I'm learning from you, Rick, is that I need to do a little bit of investigating before I just reach for the water hose. Get get down your hands and knees, take a little shovel and dig up those spots and just take a quick look. 
Take a little, like I said, even even take a little, if you think you've got cinch bugs, take a little clipboard, white paper, and just take a clump of grass out and just tap it on the on the paper, and you'll see these little bugs scurrying around on your paper, and then that you'll know exactly what you have. Definitely. Okay, here's a text from Nora. Uh, good morning. Is there a way to get rid of wild rose bushes in a garden without using Roundup? Just digging them up. But there's such a root system around, you just got to keep on top of it. And uh, that's all you can really do. Or you can just spray vinegar and water on them and burn out the tops of them. Just don't hit your vegetables with them, okay? Just keep using vinegar and water, spray them. It burns them off. And then as they keep coming up, and if you do, don't want to use vinegar and water, there's other products called, uh, it's called Top Gun or another one's called Roundup Advance. Roundup Advance is basically a vinegar and water solution. Uh, remember, it has to say advance. You can't just say roundup. It has to say advance. Very, very important <laughs> to get the right one. And so otherwise, uh, uh, some people had a, uh, one that's called Path Clear, which has been, is, they're not making anymore. They changed the name of that to, uh, to, um, uh, to, um, uh, the Top Gun. So, uh, but otherwise, it's basically a horticultural soap or it's a horticultural vinegar. And then you spray them on there, it just burns the top down. But it doesn't. You have to keep at it to to be able to, to get them rid of them. It doesn't. Not like Roundup, where it just kills the whole plant dead right now. It basically controls them. And as the plant doesn't get leaves, it'll eventually the root will eventually just die. Definitely. Okay, we also have another text ooh, about beavers. We live next to a lake, and a beaver is eating off the smaller branches from our small trees. Do you have any ideas to keep them away? Well, you're lucky it's just the small branches because most of the time the beaver will take the whole tree. Oh, my gosh. I'd be so mad. (laughs) Okay. So the bottom line is that you need to get some chicken wire and you need to wrap the bases of your trees. Okay. You have to do that quickly because if they're taking just the branches right now, it won't be long and they're going to go after the whole tree. Yeah. Uh, I have a nursery which has creeks running through it because I'm right beside the river and we constantly have beavers chopping down trees and the only way you're going to save them is basically wrap them up um with uh with the with the chicken wire so they can't chew them down uh do that soon okay perfect all right here is a text from gene in saskatoon how do you control leaf miner on beets well leaf miner beets unless they're really really bad there's there's you don't have to worry about them um uh, unless there's a lot of them, but there's not much you can do for them except for next year. Cover, put a crop cover over top of them so the fly can't lay its eggs, and then the miner goes inside the leaf. Once the, those miners get inside the leaf and start eating out the inside of the leaf, basically, they're protected. You can't get a chemical to them, okay? So, uh, and, and the chemical if, that you used to be able to use, you don't want to use it on vegetables. So, uh, so basically, there's not much you can do other than next year prevent it by using a crop cover. Okay, perfect. Here is a text from Andrew in Saskatoon. Hi, Rick. I have an Amur cherry tree in our south-facing backyard. I've been told that it's exceeded its lifespan and will likely have to be replaced in the next couple of years. I successfully propagated a couple of cuttings last year from this tree, and it's currently in pots. Would there be any issues with cross-pollination or anything if I were to transplant a healthy cutting 8 to 10 inches away from the old one to eventually replace it? Or am I better off just getting a different kind of shade tree? Well, you can, the only thing is that I'm not sure why the plant was... You said an amur cherry, right? Yeah, and they said so, it has exceeded yeah. its lifespan. 
Yeah. And so the, the old Amir cherries, the one reason they had a problem with them because they used to get frost cracks all the time, which is, you know, in the winter, they get, they take up so much moisture in the fall. And then in, in March, the, the, when the sun hits the bark, cause it's a gold color bark. Yeah. It just, you get heat and, and expansion contraction, cold at night, heat during the day. And then they get a crack in the bark. And then that basically will dehydrates the tree. And then, cause, uh, and then the tree dies. So the new type of, if you want to get the same one, Get one that's called a Klondike Amir Ming Amir Cherry, uh, the cherry, and those ones don't get the frost crack, okay? So you can use the same type of tree and just get one of those varieties and you won't have the problem later in the future again. Perfect. All right. If you've got a question for us, feel free to give us a call or send us a text. The number is one 332 8255 I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyvendyke, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyvendyke. Thanks for joining us on this beautiful, warm Sunday right across the province of Saskatchewan. Right now we have Neil on the line in Saskatoon. Hi, Neil. Hi. What's your question? I have a lilac bush growing on the north side of my house, and I wonder what's the best time to cut it, whether I've left it too long now to trim it back, and how much can I trim it one time? It's about eight feet high. Well, so just do it. You can do a light trimming right now, okay? So basically about a foot off the top, okay, if you want. And okay. then fertilize it, and then it'll bloom on all that new growth. So I want to do that soon because it's still pushing growth right now after you fertilize it, right? So because okay. uh, you, you want that new growth because it'll put new uh, growth on that, that new growth from this year, okay? If okay. you want to do a major pruning, let's, let's say you want to bring it down to four feet high, then you want to do it this fall after the leaves fall down or otherwise in, in March or the first week of April next spring. And then you will lose your flowers not all the flowers, but most of your flowers for one year, and they'll produce the following year, okay? So you can't do a major, major pruning uh, unless you wait until it's dormant, but then you lose the blooms. A light pruning up to a foot you can do right now, but then fertilize it so that you get lots of new growth, and then you'll get blooms next year. Okay. And, and just in terms of fertilizer, uh, what, amount, what uh, amount should I, or what's the formula for Cor- making here? 20, 20, 20, 30, 10, 10, 28, uh, 14, uh, 28, I think it's 14, 10, uh, any one of those ones as, as well. If it's that big of a tree, you're, you see eight feet tall, you're going to yep. be mixing five gallons of water and pour it evenly around the tree. And do that once now in once in three weeks time from now, and then that's it for this year. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Very good. Thanks so much for the call, Neil. All right. If you've got a question for Rick, you can feel free to give us a call. 1-877-332-8255. So, Rick, we were just talking about the fertilizer for Neil with his lilacs. Are we getting to the time of year where it's kind of time to start gearing up for the last fertilizing of your trees and whatnot of the season? You, you hear me all year long saying fertilize from May the 10th until July the 15th, approximately, right? Yeah. So right now we're talking about today's the 10th or the 11th today. So we're right in that span where you want to give us a lot from the shrubs. You can go until August 1st. Trees, especially poplars and maples and those kind of things, uh, uh, and even uh, spruce trees and that, uh, around the middle of July is about the time you want to you know, do your one last fertilizing. 
And so that's important. And of course, the lawns, like we talked before, uh, because we're water, because the hot and we're watering so much, those nutrients you put on the spring, they're, they're done. So uh, if you want a nice, healthy lawn, you need to put another application in for um, uh, for fertilizer. And um, um, and other than that, uh, yeah, your your perennials, uh, especially your annuals in the, in the pots. There again, it's so hot that you're how many times you're watering your baskets in the pots every day, Brittany, right? Oh, gosh, so often. Right? So you've leached the nutrients out. So unless you have a slow-release fertilizer, but even if you are using a slow-release fertilizer, you're, those, especially if you've got a lot of big petunias or potato vine or ivy, things like like, lot, like really vegetative growth, uh, you need to, you'll probably need to supplement in some 2020-20, uh, something like that into your soil and some general purpose fertilizer. Just mix it in and then give them a little bit more uh, an oomph to get, you know, through this hot spell because they're still doing lots of growing and to make them look good right till fall. So you want to do that uh, with this kind of at least once a week, okay? You want to give them a little more of a jump on the fertilizer right up until fall. And uh, just remember, do not fertilize your plants, whether in a pot or in the ground, when they're bone dry. Fertilizer, especially nitrogen, will burn the roots if the soil is bone dry. So if it's bone dry, don't get them hydrated with fertilized water. Hydrate them first and then leave them for a few hours and then fertilize them again with with your fertilizer water, okay? Uh, then the plants will do a lot better and you won't get some damage done by burning the roots with dry soil and fertilizer. Okay, so for someone like me who this is, you know, we just planted an apple tree in our yard. It's the first tree in our yard. Uh, I'm kind of a newbie to all of the gardening and yard yep. care stuff. Why don't you want to fertilize later in the season? Is it just so it, the tree properly goes dormant in the fall, or what's the purpose of that, stopping fertilizing? That is correct. You don't want to force a tree to keep growing, you know, into September, okay? The trees are ready to shut down. By the end of September, their leaves are starting to turn color, right? Yeah. So you want the trees to get ready to shut down, so you're forcing them, especially a poplar or maple or something that grows very quickly like a willow or even some of the shrubs uh you want to basically shut them down properly and uh, even a cedar uh you don't want to they, they've quit they, they normally shut down by the by sometime in august anyways and if you're putting lots of nutrients like fertilizer to them and water to them they'll push through and they'll keep trying to grow and you don't want that because our winters are too harsh we want them to be properly set up to be able to shut down for winter time so because um we get all kinds of weird weather yeah. right and so uh we could get some really hard frosts in september and if they got new growth and they haven't shut down that's going to affect their cell tissue inside the plant and then they won't be ready hardened off and ready for that and then you're going to have some damage for the following year so it's basically like not drinking a cup of coffee right before you try to go to bed at night really <laughs> exactly <laughs> it'll just perk you up and say i'm gonna keep going what else am i gonna do today <laughs> perfect okay we have jackie on the line right now out in grenfell hi jackie hi how are you doing good thanks what's your question today okay we've planted new grass and there's tons of weeds in it, but also there's a low-lying uh, yellow flowering weed growing. It's just growing rampant. Can that be sprayed with anything? You can't even cut it with a lawnmower because it's, uh, it's, it's uh, so low. really low to the ground. Yeah. As long as your grass is coming up, I'm not 
too concerned with them because there's nothing. How 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 long has the grass been up for? Oh, about uh, two months. Okay, yeah. Then then you can use uh, then you can use a weed killer on it. Not a problem. Okay, if it's been two months, if it's only been up for like two weeks type of thing, then mm-hmm. the herbicides are going to hurt the grass. Okay, but you probably cut that grass a couple times already. Right? Oh yeah, we have probably about oh, yeah. four times already. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so what you can do then, if you wish, your grass is starting to thicken in. You can use uh, like you can use a, a weed herbicide for the that. It's not a problem at all. Just don't do it in the hot part of the day. That's all. Okay. And what kind of herbicide can I use? Uh, just any one that you you can any one that's available out there. I would suggest using one that has an iron. So it's called a weed be gone. Because it, okay. it, it's an, it's an iron, it's a little more environmentally safe to use, and mm-hmm. uh, it's an iron-based one, and it'll take care of those weeds no problem, but won't hurt the grass. Okay, that's okay. good then. But thank you. Perfect. You're welcome. Thanks so much for the call, Jackie. Okay, heading to the text line now. There's no name on this one, um, but we live on an acreage. We have a we have bell pepper and jalapeno plants growing in a veggie pod, which I Googled, and it's basically just like a raised garden bed. The yep. plants have almost grown to the top of the dome cover. The plants have peppers and blossoms. Is it possible, or should I cut the tops off to stop them from growing taller? They're in the pod as deers have eaten our plants in the past, and we okay, do open yes. the dome as the weather allows. Yeah, so you, so you can you can nip the top if you want now. Uh, because now you're just trying to, you're not trying to get a lot of growth anymore in the plants. You want them to produce, to finish off the vegetables that you have now, right? Yeah. And so you can actually nip the top if you wish. Uh, a lot of people will do that in, in their, with, if they have indeterminate tomatoes, which means that they're a vine type of tomato and they just keep growing, 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 growing. And now they got lots of tomatoes on them. So now they don't need the vine. So now you pinch the top and now it finishes off the tomatoes that are on the vine really well. So, yeah, that's not a problem. If it's got that tall already, you can just pinch the top. Perfect. Okay, here's a text from Lawrence from Hudson Bay. We have a plum tree in our garden that appears to be full of aphids. What can I spray it with that wouldn't hurt the tomato plants that are all around it? Okay, so you can spray them. You can dislodge them with uh, just so just just water if you want. Uh, it doesn't get rid of them, just dislodges them. I just don't want to spray them down onto my peppers and everything else that's down below that's the big thing so use use what i called andal it's canola oil uh uh, canola oil insecticide soap and a little bit of pyrethrin and it won't affect the um pyrethrin is derived from the chrysanthemum it's an it affects the nervous system from the insects it's basically like ambush ambush is the same thing and uh so then you can use ambush and pyrethrins up to one day before harvest on most plants uh, but otherwise, yeah, it's a safe one to use and it does a good job on getting rid of the aphids. Perfect. All right. If you've got a question, feel free to give us a call. The number is one 332 8255 I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyvendyke, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Hope you're all having a great weekend. I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyvendyke. If you have a question about anything garden or yard related, you can feel free to give us a call, 1-877-332-8255. We have Lorraine on the line in Saskatoon right now. Hi, Lorraine. Good morning. Um, I I did message, but I, I had to be off for a bit, and I don't know if you answered my message online sure. or not, but I... 
How, I, I wonder if it's possible that I bought four male butternut squash plants. Um, most likely not. But um, but a lot of times what's happening with this heat and everything else, so I've had more and more people say they haven't had the bees around as much. So then that means you, if you have to be the bee, okay? If you got the flowers, just go from plant yes, to plant but, to plant. Yep. Yeah, I know. And I, I but, you know, I recognize the, the blossom is either male or female, and you can tell yep. which. And I was yep. going to go and do my own fertilizing, but um, I don't see any female blossoms. Oh, that's strange. Yeah, because you okay, should, they so should, that is should be that, that's strange. It should be both, because you, okay. you, when you, you you shouldn't have male and female, they should have both of them on the same plant, so that you just oh, have to cross pollinate between plants, right? So, um, okay. so yeah, so that that shouldn't be a problem. So I'm not sure why yours are not doing that, but um, normally if you if you pollinate between the between flowers and not just on the same plant between plants, so go back and forth between other plants. Right. Then you'll you'll get the cross pollinization, but uh, normally, like I said, if you're not only getting one type of the flower, that's unusual. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Okay. Thanks, Lorraine. Good right. luck. Okay, Rick. Speaking of being the bee, I have yep. tomato plants out in our yard. I've got five yep. tomato plants, and I have been being the bee. But as I was doing it again yesterday, I was kind of wondering how many times do I actually have to do this? How how frequently would you recommend that I get out there with the Q-tip and kind of fiddle around with the flowers? Well, Brittany, the bee never stops. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> this is my full-time job now. <laughs> No, once once you've set, but there's always new flowers showing up. Yeah. Right? So that's why you need to every once in a while when you see it and you remember to do it, just go around and do it, you know. And uh, because there's always new flowers and new tomatoes showing up, so you never remember which, even unless you mark each one that you've yeah. done, you never usually remember. So just do it often, and uh, because like I said, it, the plant's growing and producing new flowers all the time, and uh, and then producing more fruit. So um, so you. You're getting to the, you know, once you started getting into August, then you can quit doing it. But until that time, uh, just every time you remember, just do it. Okay, perfect. I'm going to have to teach my three-year-old how to do it. So <laughs> that could be her job outside. <laughs> All right. We've got a couple of texts to get to here. This one is from Josh. I can trim maple trees now, right? Or do I have to wait until fall? It's just no, the dead branches. Great time to prune maple trees. As soon as the perfect. maple trees are out in full leaf. Okay, you just don't want to do it when they're dormant in the spring, and you don't want to do it in late, starting you know in 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 the fall after basically uh, the end of September. So anytime when they're full leaf, which I always say for me, I always say from July the first, you can do it into June, but every year is different, right? So yeah. you could probably go even June fifteenth. You can start pruning maples and birches, but I always say July first. And then you can prune up to the end of September. So actually, and but so now you're in the window when you do want to prune those uh, the maples and birches. Very important. Okay, perfect. All right, here is a two-part question from Shane in Saskatoon. I recently upgraded my sprinklers and I've added topsoil and new seed to my lawns. Now, question number one, I should have taken care of my ant problem before I seeded. So what I'm wondering is if I should ignore them for this year until the grass is well established, or is there a way to get rid of them at the same time as I'm growing the new grass? Yeah, use the ant, I think it's called ant-begone nematodes. 
It's that little, there again, that little severe, little round ball that you buy. It's red and it says ants on it. And, uh, and then, or I think it's called actually ant out, ant out. And, but it's, it has to be nematodes. Okay. And so you can spray your lawn should be moist if it's new lawn anyways. And so nematodes, uh, to get down to where the queen is and all the eggs are, that's what these do. They don't touch the ant, the adult ants. They go after the eggs. And so you need to make sure that your lawn is moist down to where the ant colony is, which is usually down six to 12 inches down. Okay, so you have to give it a little bit more moisture than you normally would. And then you spray the nematodes on and then you water again. And then those nematodes will go down through the moist soil. And then once they get into the colony, then they just keep they burrow into the eggs, they eat them, and then they reproduce, and then they just keep expanding into the nest, and then the nest just gets destroyed, or the queen moves away because it says, uh-oh, we got a problem here, and the queen takes off and gets out of there. Perfect. Okay, now the second part of Shane's question, how late is too late to continue to throw down seeds so it will continue to germinate and fill in before the fall? Uh, you can do it right up until basically the middle of September. Oh, is awesome. not a problem. It only takes five to seven days to germinate. Once you get toward the end of September, then I suggest you just hold off and then you can do it again at the end of October and then the seed will stay there and then germinate first thing in the spring. Okay, perfect. All right, here is a text from Russ in Rose Valley. Can I use Top Gun on my sour cherry suckers with no harm to my trees? That's correct. Top Gun is just a, it's non, it doesn't translocate like Roundup. So it only burns off this, the surface. Okay. The, the, the leaves that are coming up. Now it doesn't, it's not a final thing that you want to spray it. It's done. Basically what I always do is you take the Top Gun because it's a little trigger sprayer. You hang it on the lawnmower. And when you cut, you cut your lawn once a week, you go out there and check your suckers. If they're just a little leaf sticking out of the ground, you just give them a little spritz. It burns it off. Because when you prune it off, you get what we call stooling. And then every time you prune one branch, two come from that one. And then you get worse and worse and worse and worse, right? Yeah, it's like gray and hairs. So, so if you spray it, it doesn't tend to stool. So you don't have the much as much of a problem and you control. It's not a final solution. It's a control. So uh, that's why just once a week, just go out there and check and spray. Uh, then you'll take care of the issue and you won't have these suckers coming up all over the place. Perfect. Okay, a text from Tom in Humboldt. He's having some grass issues as well. He says he has a three-foot by four-foot piece of grass that died. He reseeded it and it grew back and then it died again. And he's done this about three years in a row. So he's just wondering what should he be doing to stop his grass from dying every year? Okay, so I don't know how big of a patch it is. but Three-foot uh, by four-foot. Three foot by four foot. Yeah, and what so I would suggest you do is just dig out the soil in that area, put new soil down, because there's something in that soil that's contaminated probably. Okay. You know, whether whether you dump you know, you had a, you your lawnmower broke and you some oil spilt out there or you know, you tipped over a lawnmower upside down to clean it and some gas tipped out of it or something like that. And so something's contaminated that soil in that area. Uh, that's what's probably what happened. So just dig out that area, put new topsoil in there, and they should fix the problem. Perfect. All right. And no name put, on this. By, oh, go ahead. Yeah, by putting soil just on top of it is not going to fix the problem. You actually got to dig it out. Dig it out. Lots of yeah. backbreaking work, but it'll be worth yeah. it for green living yeah. grass. Yeah. Okay. No name on this text. Um, how Can you tell me how to get rid of slugs in our garden boxes? 
Okay, just go out there. The best way is, is good organic ways. Just get a flashlight at nighttime with an ice cream pail and, and a glove and go and pick them. Go hunting. <laughs> go hunting because they're out at nighttime, okay? Otherwise, you can use um, uh, what I like doing is you just you can also put a slug bait in them. All the most slug baits out, well, all the slug baits out now are, are safe for pets and everything else. Uh, so you can put some slug bait out and that'll get them. You can put some um, a copper mesh down. They don't won't pass the copper mesh. Uh, you can got it. It comes as a slug deterrent as well in the garden centers. You get them from that, or you can just bury a little cottage cheese container into the soil, and um, and put some beer in there, and they'll love the beer. They'll go down in there, and then they drop into the Whoa. beer, and then they drown. Then they drown. <laughs> uh, it's it's a bit of a waste of a beer, but I mean it works. <laughs> I'll drink half for yourself and give half to the yeah, slugs, especially when it, especially when it's this hot. Right? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. If you have a question, feel free to give us a call, 1-877-332-8255. I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyvendijk, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyvendijk on this beautiful, hot Sunday right across the province of Saskatchewan. There is a heat warning in place in the city of Saskatoon, so take care if you're here. It is also going to be really hot in Regina as well and really all across the province. So get out and water those plants, hey, Rick? And- Put it on the gra- put the sprinkler on the you know on the lawn and let it hit the plants and then go run through the sprinkler and keep yes. yourself cool and have fun doing it at the same time. Yes, it's not just for kids. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, we've got quite a few texts on our text line still, so we'll take care of those. Uh, no name on this one. Hi, Rick. When and how can I prune spirea? They're all blooming now. Okay, once they finish blooming. What I love doing is that uh, the spirea, as soon as they finish blooming, then just do a light trimming and trim all the flower heads off. Yep. So you're basically deheading them. They'll push on a new growth and they'll look really good for the, all the rest of summertime. And other than that, you just, uh, after that, you just give them a good pruning again next spring. So in the beginning of April. So then you can prune them down to whatever size. Like I always tell people in spireas, every third or fourth year, trim them to about six to 12 inches off the ground. When I always tell people, Brittany, do not be afraid. Yeah. Okay? That's the big one. So do that in the spring when the plant is dormant. Trim it right to the ground. I don't like doing it in the fall because I want snow to catch in the plant and, and protect the plant. So I'll do it in the spring. Uh, but what I do in the summertime is I do, as soon as it finishes blooming, just cut all, just take a pair of hedge clippers. That works the best. And then just cut all the old flower heads off. And then the, especially things like the, the magic carpet or the gold mound and all those ones that will just put on a new copper growth onto them. And they look awesome for the rest of the summer. We actually went through that this spring with our, we have two spirea in our backyard on either side yep. of our playhouse. And yep. you told me, cut them down, cut them down short. Yep. You can do it. Yep. And I was a little bit skeptical, but now they are like way bigger than they were at this time last year. The, the, yep. They look beautiful and so yep. healthy. So I was a little so, bit skeptical, but I took Rick's word for it, and he was right. I will admit and, that Rick was right. And so now you're about the middle of July. They're going to yep. be finished blooming pretty soon, okay? Yep. Give them a little haircut again. Cut those old flowers. Give them one last shot of fertilizer, and they'll look awesome right up until fall. 
Perfect. Okay, here's a text from Ken from Peyton. An old lawn is turning very yellow. The only thing green is the thistles. Water supply is very limited. Can I use a chemical to kill the weeds without hurting the grass? Yeah, you, you can use, uh, yeah, absolutely. You can use, uh, there's all different types. You can use the, the, the weed be gone, which is an iron one, right? Yeah. Uh, or you can just use the Killux as 2,4-D. Uh, if you're sopping weeds and actually blowing in and germinating, uh, which they aren't going to germinate much when, if it's, he's talking about it's really dry anyways, you can use corn gluten. Okay. That stops weed seeds from germinating. It doesn't kill the original plants, but, uh, but other than that, you can all or you can just go very careful, and you can use a vinegar and water solution. Just hit the weeds themselves, but it will burn the lawn if you hit the grass lawn. That's the only problem, right? It'll, it won't kill the grass, but it'll burn it off, and then the grass will have to come back again. And so, but it's a way to get rid of the weeds, and then once the weed dies, then because a lot of weeds are annual, not a perennial, and then the grass will just grow, which is a perennial, will grow back in again. So you can use the vinegar and water. But yeah, you will burn the grass as well. So, um, but otherwise, yeah, you can do it. Um, what time of the day? Just don't do it in the hot part of the day. That's that's key. Don't do it when it's thirty degrees out. Yep, definitely. Okay, here's a text from Marlene in Saskatoon. When is it safe to fertilize new sod? A new sod, you can fertilize anytime. It's fine. There's there's enough roots there. It's mature. It's not like a new lawn. So if you want to put, uh, what I would suggest you put down there is there's a fertilizer is made in Saskatchewan. It's supporting local. It's called Groundskeeper with phosphorus. So it is a 16, 10, 17, uh, uh, 10, no, yes, what did I say? 16, 16, 10, 17, and then it has a, 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 a sulfur in it and then an iron in it. And so it's perfect for, especially as a low nitrogen, but it has the sulfur and it has the uh, bit of phosphorus in them. For a new grass, it's perfect. And even old grass, it works really well. My customers have just loved it and it's made locally. So it's, it's, a, it's a great find that I found that's just a, a fertilizer made locally and it works for our soils in Saskatchewan because it's made in Saskatchewan. So put that down right away, it's fine. That's what I picked up yesterday and put on our lawn. So that's that's good to hear. I'm glad. So um, I want I want to hear in a couple of weeks here what the results is, Courtney. Okay. Yes, I'll tell you for sure. Yesterday yep. also, I stopped at Dutch Growers and I picked up some new perennials for our front bed. Uh, my okay. husband Tyler was a little bit skeptical, like, isn't it too late to be planting those? But I went ahead and did it anyways. Was I right? <laughs> as long as you're not going to go on holidays right after. That's yeah. the key. Okay, don't plant them and then rely on somebody else to water them, okay, for two weeks <laughs> while you're gone, okay, because you know what will happen. Just, just like when you go away, you, you had to tell someone to take care of your house plants. Well, they don't water them. The yeah, same no one you, loves right? your plants as much as you do. Exactly. So <laughs> as long as you're home, you can plant all summer long. The garden centers are still full of plants, and you can plant all summer long. Just got to remember that you ha- when you plant them, the roots – uh, are, are in that little ball that came in the pot, right? Yep. You just have to remember that the roots, until they get out into the soil, so what I like doing is, when I before I plant them, is I like tickling the roots, so I get the roots out of that little ball, and so they'll be in contact with the surrounding soil. And especially when it's so dry, when you dig your hole, fill your hole up with water first, let, the, let it drain away, 
and then plant it. And then you've hydrated the soil around the plant really well, and then uh, and then also tickle the soil out, tickle the roots out, put the plant in the soil so there's some uh, some so the roots are into the existing soil, and then just water every day the root ball itself, not the soil around it, but just the root ball itself every day, and the plant will be fine. Okay, and uh, because you. If in our some of our clay soils, you could overwater and you fill from the bottom up. So that's why I like using that rebar again to actually every once in a while check the bottom of the planting hole. Uh, not so bad for perennials, so like you got Brittany, but especially yeah. shrubs and trees, so that you're not filling up the bowl from the bottom up and that clay hard clay that you planted into. Definitely. And that's good to know because this is also the time that a lot of plants and stuff are starting to go on sale at the garden centers yep. and even at the big yep. box stores. So it's great yep. to know that you can maybe wait until this time, get a really good deal and put some awesome plants out into your yard. Oh, exactly. Yeah, there's lots of deals out there this time of the year and, and great time to still plant all summer long. Just remember, just stick your finger, probe the soil. Uh, water, if the leaves start wilting, it could mean too much water or could mean too little water. So always stick your finger in the soil or stick a probe in the soil to make sure what the plant needs. Just don't really think, oh, it needs water and because it might be the opposite. Definitely. All right. That's all we have time for today. Thanks so much, Rick. Thank you, Brittany. I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyvendyke, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.